you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hello there, I'm Oliver Banks and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This one is episode 65. It's no doubt really that retail is changing and that retailers need to change. They need to transform. And of course, here on this podcast, we approach this subject from many different angles, giving you the insight, the ideas and the inspiration to successfully transform. And there are a number of different episodes in the back catalogue, in the archives, that you can go and check out. In particular, I wanted just to refresh some of the big topics that we've spoken about. Episode 40, we spoke about some of the big challenges facing retailers. Episode 51, why retailers are facing adversity. And in episode 53, it was a bit of a long episode, that one, if you remember. It was looking at what I called the retail transformation menu, the number of different styles of transformation that you could go through. But across all of those points, one thing that I passionately believe And it sounds so obvious, in fact, when you say it out loud, right? It sounds almost stupid. And that point is that you do have to actually deliver transformation for it to take effect. It sounds so obvious, but there are a number of retailers that really struggle with that. You know, taking on a transformation does require a different mindset, a different culture even, that really welcomes change, that can challenge the status quo and find a better or new way of doing things. I saw this transformation culture in spades when I was at Tesco, in particular in their internal consulting function, which was called Ops Dev, Operations Development. And it was a great team, and I learned a huge amount there. But there were a few different things that really spiked out to me. The people there were so energised and really challenging in in a good way, right? There was structure there to help people succeed, to help people take on the challenge of transformation and make it happen. And there were a number of different lessons. So I'm taking some of those lessons from that operations development team, as well as from my other experiences as well, be it from my engineering background or my work more recently as an independent consultant working with retailers to help them successfully manage challenging and complex transformation programs adding in the structure and building a culture that can help deliver more transformation as time goes by. Transformation, I believe, is not a one-time thing. I don't think it's a, we've done it, we're finished, we're going to stay status quo for the rest of time. No, no, no. I think it's going to evolve and you're going to need to continually transform. In fact, one of the elements that I'm really passionate about is, is continuous improvement, a Lean Six Sigma trait that says you're going to be continually improving, continually evolving and you need a culture to accept that ongoing change. So maybe in your business right now you already have a transformation team and you need to make sure that it is equipped and prepared and motivated to be able to deliver the transformation plans that you must have in place. Or maybe you're really early on or maybe you're not such a big retail business and you don't have that transformation team but you know you've got to be able to do some big transformation work. So you're going to either need to create a team of permanent transformation people, or you're going to need to harness some resource from your existing talent pool that maybe are going to be focused on transformation for a set period of time, 
or devoting a certain percentage of their time towards the transformation. Either way, today I have got a model. Whether you're setting up or whether you're running a transformation team, this is going to help you to think about all of the different things you are going to need to put in place to make that a success and to build that culture into the wider organization as well. And culture is a big, important topic, of course, in the world of transformation and in the changing retail marketplace. And if you've been listening recently to the last few episodes, you will know that I'm a proud media partner of Retail Week Live, which is happening on the 25th and 26th of March 2020. And building a successful culture, of course, is going to be covered there. In particular, I wanted to highlight a panel discussion that I think looks really interesting. It's called, When Culture is Mission Critical, What Are You Doing to Protect Yours? You know, it features some really great companies and people. Vicky Gooch, who's Director of HR at Sainsbury's Food. Liz Elder, the Global Director for Leadership Development and Learning at Lego Group. And Wilf Walsh, the CEO of CarpetRight. So this panel discussion recognises that retail is different and the retail businesses are very different than they were even five or ten years ago. You know, the teams have grown up in a business and that is a different business right now. And given this shift, this panel is going to be looking at how you can align, you know, the hearts and minds of your colleagues, along with the business strategy and the transformation and the vision that is coming to combine, you know, using a culture of sort of energy and resilience, which, of course, are critical characteristics to be able to make your transformation a success. So if you're going to Retail Week Live, check out that panel discussion. It's on the 26th, on, the, on day two, that is. And I'll include all of the timings and the location on the show notes page, which, by the way, today is obandco.uk slash 65. And if you've not yet got tickets for Retail Week Live, then do go and check it out. You can find more about the whole program at live.retail-week.com. And as a listener, of this show, of the Retail Transformation Show, I'm so delighted to be able to announce that you can get 15% off your tickets. Use the discount code RTS15 for Retail Transformation Show. So RTS15 and you will get 15% off. So again, if you want a reminder, head over to the show notes page for today, which is obandco.uk slash 65. And I hope to see you there. Let me know if you are coming, by the way. It would be great to catch up. But into today's content, you know, I mentioned we've got this model to help you set up a successful transformation team. And I'm calling this the four P's, which I'm pretty sure there isn't a model. Ah, no, there is one, isn't there? Four P's of marketing. Oh, well, we're going to have to go with it, I'm afraid. <laughs> this is the four P's of transformation teams. But what if there was a fifth element here? Did you watch that film, The Fifth Element? What if there was a fifth element of building a successful transformation team? Well, I guess you'd have to wait to the end of the episode to find that out, eh? We're going to dive into each of these in more detail in just a moment. But these four Ps are purpose, permission, plan and people. So whether you are setting up a new transformation team or whether you're looking to get your existing transformation team kick-started or working at a higher performance level. And actually, we're going to take on those two different scenarios in two different buckets. So if you're setting up, we'll look at how the four Ps can be used to make sure that you get 
kickstarted in the right way, or if you are looking to increase the performance of your existing team, then we'll be looking at how you manage your transformation team and use the four P's to increase their performance. So setting up first, and our first P is purpose. And really, you've got to have a vision. You've got to have a mandate for making your transformation happen. If you don't have a purpose, if you don't have a reason for transforming, you're going to find it incredibly tough to be able to get that transformation off the ground. There has to be recognition that things have to change. And there has to be that vision point that says, here's where we're going, not just we're going to explore and consideration and it will end up too fluffy and nothing will get done. There must be that very clear vision that ties into the ultimate purpose of the transformation team. The second P is permission. And this is really about getting the right sponsorship within the organization for that transformation team. This has to be recognized and accepted within the organization by someone at a very senior level. So either CEO or COO and with the backing of the CFO, right? This has to be something that the organization wants. This cannot be, I'm afraid, just a pet project in a a little part of the organization that isn't going to have that permission to transform the organization, right? So you must have the sponsorship that gives you permission. And also, you must have effective governance in place that will allow that team to be working cross-functionally across the organization and have a clear understanding around how decisions are going to be made and how priorities can be balanced or traded off against each other. Again, so if that effective governance is not in place already, that's got to be something you focus on early because otherwise it will just grind to a halt. So just whilst we're on the permission point here, if you're setting up a transformation team, you know, there's a a phrase that says, ask for forgiveness, not for permission, which has its time and place. But if you are looking to transform a business, if you are looking to make some major waves, you do need permission first. You cannot just go in and, you know, pull out your six shooters and start firing left, right and center, right? That's not going to work. And the forgiveness will unfortunately look like a box of your possessions and being shown out to the car park, right? That's not where you want to go with this one. Yes, there is a time and a place for asking for forgiveness rather than permission, but that's at a more detailed level. And we're going to be coming back to that as we're talking about running a transformation team. And another thing that is, of course, important in the world of permission is that there must be a culture of experimentation and of failure, right? It's got to be okay to fail. A fear of failure can cripple your transformation team because no one wants to take a risk and no one wants to make a mistake, right? So think, how are you going to tackle that? How are you going to create that culture of experimentation to avoid failure, an acceptance of failure, a celebration of failure even, right? Next up, we come to plan. So this is about focusing on the biggest challenges first in the organization. There is no point saying we're going to transform the organization and then completely missing the 600 pound gorilla problem in the room, right? But instead to sort of tweaking a few bits over here and fiddling with a few bits over there. Meanwhile, the house is burning down. That's not going to be a good place to go. So you must focus on the biggest challenges first and make sure that that plan recognizes that. And from there, knowing what you're going to be tackling in what order, you need to be thinking about your resourcing plan. What is the skill and the quantity that you're going to be requiring in that transformation team. 
And that leads us through to our fourth P, which is people. So who is that team? You're going to want a mix of experience in there. You're going to want to make sure they're trained up in the right way. They get the right guidance and coaching and support. And you're going to want to make sure that they understand their roles very clearly. So everyone really understands how and where their time is spent, what's important, how their priorities are balanced, particularly important here. If your transformation team is going to be a part-time team, so you know maybe I'm doing some day job operational stuff and then some transformation work or project work almost as a, a bolt-on to my existing work. You have to be very careful to clearly mark out what that role is, what the percentage time split should be, what the priority split should be, because otherwise you're going to have someone being pulled in two different directions at the same time and it's just going to be painful and something is going to get dropped. So a racy, of course, is a good idea here, but so too is a very clear job description that clearly dictates what the priorities are and what the order of those priorities is relative to each other. And if you don't have job descriptions, if you've been creating your transformation team, perhaps from an internal resource, and you haven't gone down that route that says you need a job description to go out and recruit, then actually that could be a great exercise for the team to say, what is your job? What is your role? Build out that job description for your own job and then have a, a, a team discussion that can help communicate who does what, why, and how it all fits into the broader purpose of the transformation team, right? So those are the four P's for setting up a new transformation team. So at this stage, I'll also point out that you should head over to the show notes page, obandco.uk slash 65, where you can find notes on all of these and ideas about how you can go about putting these into practice. So obandco.uk slash 65. So once you have your transformation team in place, you can once again use the same four P's to help you improve performance. So in the same order, purpose. Now the purpose of your transformation team absolutely has to be to deliver things, right? If transformation doesn't get delivered, if it doesn't get done, nothing changes. And it's all been a waste of time and money and effort and blood and sweat and tears and so on. So it absolutely must deliver transformation projects and programs, real change. And actually, you must make sure that the team stays true to its original purpose. If that vision is out of date, that's fine. Create the new vision and sell the organization into the new direction that you are heading. Don't continue to head down that path towards a vision that is no longer fit for purpose, right? And with that focus on delivering things as a core purpose for the transformation team, it's so essential to really continue to chase down the quick wins. Now, I know this seems obvious, right? But what is so brilliant about quick wins is that it builds momentum to a bigger, tougher challenge. It's going to boost the confidence of the team itself. It's going to boost the trustworthiness of the organization as it looks at the team. And ultimately, it's going to help give the benefits sooner rather than later, right? So continue to keep in mind that the purpose of the transformation team is to deliver transformation. Not just talk about it, not just think about it, deliver transformation. When we're looking at permission for an existing transformation team, I see this as seeking feedback from the organization. What are the ongoing issues? You must listen, show that you're listening, 
and of course you must take action. Getting that feedback from the organization helps to take people with you and ensures that the change is made and takes hold. If this falls down, what's going to happen is the organization, the rest of the organization that is, moves away from your transformation team, focuses on their own efforts, maybe even creates a duplicate transformation team to really get the job done, right? You've lost the permission of the organization to make a transformation. You've lost the trust. You've lost the authority. So continue to keep this in mind. Now, I was mentioning earlier about that whole phrase, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. And as you're working on specific projects, this is the time to ask for forgiveness rather than permission, but do it in a very intelligent way. Make sure that you are taking risks, but they are sensible risks that you understand and that you have guarded against. So you make sure you take preemptive action to minimize the challenges, right? If you do this, then you can stop any fires from breaking out, right? And you can keep the trust of the organization. You can keep the permission to continue on with your purpose. Next up is to have your transformation plan in place. Now, this gives some clear forecasts to the organization. And it's an interesting debate, particularly if you're thinking about working in an agile way, right? I'm not going to get on my soapbox here. But too often, I see Agile being used as almost an excuse to not do forecasts and not plan out how you were going to tackle the challenges. Organizations exist in a world where results have to be forecast. Finances have to be shared with the city or with shareholders. And if your transformation is worth it, it's definitely going to be affecting all of those. So you must make sure you have very clear forecasts and that you continue to make sure that they're very trustworthy, very accurate. Building all of this into your transformation plan and continuing to keep people in touch and engaged with that plan is so important to make sure your transformation team is a big success. And finally, the people. How do you look at the people to make your transformation team a success? After all, they're kind of an important part of a team, right? Well, there are three elements that I would like you to focus on to make sure that your people are driving towards a successful transformation team. The first is around staying current. This is about making sure that people have the insight into what is going on in their organization, but more importantly, outside the organization. What is going on in the world of retail? How are other companies transforming? How are your competitors transforming? And actually, if you're thinking really strategically, how are your competitors going to transform? What are the moves they are going to make in the future and how can you work to counteract that? It's important that your team scan the horizon, the global retail horizon, and even outside of retail as well for the latest innovations. What could play a part in your transformation? Who else is tackling the same challenges that you are tackling? Now, a resource here to help you with this is actually my retail transformation briefing, which I release every single week. And it includes the top headlines from the world of retail transformation. It's not going to give you the blow-by-blow financial results of every retail company, but the major transformation news and the hottest innovations are absolutely going to be in there every single week, along with interesting or insightful reports and even social media conversations that can give a different perspective and help keep people curious and keep people informed about what is going on in the world of retail and retail transformation. 
So if you'd like to sign up for these retail transformation briefings, or if you'd like your team to sign up for them, then you can do all of that over at obandco.uk slash briefing. It's absolutely free to sign up, free to receive, and of course, you can unsubscribe at any moment in time. So find out more, obandco.uk slash briefing. So it's important to stay current, and that's a resource that could help you out there. Secondly, is looking at how you can create a collaborative culture in the team. Transformation teams work really well when they help each other out. It sounds so obvious, again, but it's so important that actually you use teamwork really effectively. You can advise other people in the team rather than just staying in your own track. This helps bring different perspectives, different experiences, different ideas, all to fire at the same challenge. And there are a few different things that you can do to help build up this collaborative culture. First and foremost, you've got to make a safe environment. And by that, I mean people can say things and feel that they're not going to be shot down for saying something stupid, right? It sounds obvious, but it happens so frequently that people are too afraid of sharing their ideas or perspectives because they're worried that they're going to look stupid and people are going to pick them out and sort of mark a black mark against their name, right? Maybe set up some rules. What's said in the room stays in the room or, you know, I know it's corny, but no idea is a bad idea and all that sort of stuff. What you want to really do here is give people permission to say their thoughts without feeling like it's going to come back to bite them in the bottom. Next, encourage people to ask for help. Again, it sounds easy, but it's a huge barrier for many people. But if you don't ask, you do not get, right? So you must absolutely lead with this one. Lead by example and show people that you are okay with asking for help and others will too. Another item you can do to help create that collaborative environment and you can absolutely lead with is by recognizing people and saying thank you. A really meaningful thank you, not a throwaway thank you. Like, to be honest, most thank yous are, right? Kind of muttered under the breath. Yeah, thanks for that. Really recognize people. Recognize these specific and individual things and give some positive feedback to that person. Recognize them in front of the wider team or the wider organization. If someone has helped you out, you want to make sure that they know about it. And hopefully they'll help you out again in the future. And finally, a suggestion to help get over one of the biggest challenges with creating a collaborative environment. And that challenge is, of course, that I'm just too busy, which is true. You are. But if you don't make time to be collaborative, you won't be collaborative, right? So encourage your team to put some time in the diary, set aside maybe an hour a week to help someone else with their project, with their program, with their transformation. That from a team culture could be transformative for you. Because suddenly you can start to pull together these different minds and they can work together to make sure that you are delivering the best transformation that you can. So bringing us back up, we're looking at people. We've looked at how you can help your team stay current with that resource of the retail transformation briefings, of course. We've looked at how you can create a collaborative culture. And the third element is to be able to celebrate success. Now, maybe you say we celebrate success already, and that's great. But do not leave it till just at the very end point once it's all done and dusted. Make sure you celebrate success along the way. Make sure that you recognize the milestones in each individual project and program in the transformation. Celebrate those. It doesn't have to be when it's all done and dusted. Arguably, that might be a few years down the line, right? 
what you want to do is you want to use this celebration to motivate people to recognize the achievements that have been made and to provide energy and resilience to continue to drive forward and continue on towards that transformation vision. So those are the four P's to help manage and run a successful transformation team. But what if there was a fifth P? What if that fifth P was passion, showing the love and commitment that ultimately does need to be shown to a transformation to make it a success? Adding that extra element of care allows the people and the organization to really bring that transformation to life and follow it all the way through to a successful completion. So there we have it, the five P's of building a successful transformation team. Purpose, permission, plan, people, and passion, which ties it all together. And I'd love to know what your thoughts are and what would you add in as well? I'd love to hear your tips to make and build a successful transformation team as well. I really appreciate we've rattled through quite a lot of stuff and there's lots of things to think about. So if you want to ruminate on them, if you want to refresh your memory on what was the second P again and so on, then go back into the show notes, which you can find over at obandco.uk slash 65. If you're new to the show, then please do subscribe. New episodes are released every single week. But before you go, I'd like to leave one final thought with you. We started right at the top of the episode talking about the need to actually get things done if you are going to transform successfully. So you've just spent the last 25 minutes or so listening to how to create a successful transformation team. So now my call to action for you is to take action. Write down what it is you are going to do to make your transformation team more successful. What are the tangible next steps and actions that you are going to take to boost your transformation team and boost your transformation performance? So we're wrapping it up here. Thank you once again for joining me on this episode of the Retail Transformation Show and I look forward to joining you next time. 